Uh, hello and welcome back to the Diamonds in the Rough podcast. I'm John DeAngelis, joined by two special guests. One is a new one. You guys can introduce yourselves. All right. Um, it's Will, per usual. Um, I'm Joe. Uh, Joe is going to be our tiebreaker because um, if you remember in the previous part, we got all the NBA guys who are in the Hall of Fame now. We narrowed it down, but we have some guys that we put an asterisk on that we're going to go back to. So he's the third party who's going to do a tiebreaker if he needs or help us make a decision, but whatever. So to start off, I'm going to remind everyone, the guys who we have in the Hall of Fame, no debate. We have Bob Pettit, Bill Russell. We have the first Celtics dynasty team just as a whole. Elgin Baylor, Wilt Chamberlain. Oscar Robertson, Jerry West, John Havlicek, Rick Barry, Julius Irving, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Cheryl Miller, that was for Will, uh, <laughs> George Gervin, Alex English, Larry Bird, Kevin McHale, Isaiah Thomas, Moses Malone, Magic Johnson, Robert Parrish, James Worthy, Clyde Drexler, Charles Barkley, Dominique Wilkins, Patrick Ewing, Hakeem Olajuwon, Michael Jordan, David Robinson, John Stockton, Carl Malone, Scotty Pippen, Dennis Rodman, Arvita Sabonis, Gary Payne, Alonzo Mourning, Lisa Leslie, Dikembe Mutombo, Shaq, Allen Iverson, Tracy McGrady, Ray Allen, Jason Kidd, Steve Nash, Kobe Bryant, Kevin Garnett, and Tim Duncan. I'm pretty sure we got like, it was like 150 something players and we got down to like 48 or something crazy. Um, but if you haven't listened to the previous one, I suggest you do because it will kind of show you in essence, like that these players truly deserve to be in the hall of fame. And the guys we kicked off were nowhere near these guys, but I'm going to introduce the first guy who we asterisked to see if we, he makes it or not. And it's Jerry Lucas. Will, I want you to talk a little bit. I don't think, there's much to say. I don't think he's in. I just don't think he's in. Sorry, Weren't like you that. the one who asterisked him? Maybe. <laughs> you definitely were. Um, right, the well. average 17 and 16 in his career. Did he win any titles or anything? Wasn't his most famous thing the fact that he was on, like, the 1960 Olympic team? And he was really good in college. Which we, we're not counting college. Uh, I'm going to try to get my list. I don't know. I don't think he's in. I don't either. I don't know why we... <laughs> I don't know why he was... I know for a fact that you were like, we should, we should go back to him. All right, my bad. <laughs> His whole appeal... Was he went to three NCAA finals and we're not even counting college. All right, yeah. so I'm a no. Uh, Will is Joe. What are you thinking? Do you have a case? Uh, nah, he's Hall of Very Good, not Hall of Great. Um, I mean, like 15 rebounds a game in any era kind of speaks for itself. And like, I'm just looking through his resume. Like, he has All Star appearances. He does have an NBA title in '73 with the Knicks, but he played a very minimal role on that team. Um, but other than that, like, solid NBA career, but not Hall of Fame worthy. Agreed. Will, I think you asterisked this guy again, too, and I don't know why he's asterisked. 
I think you said, quote, I'm a big Willis Reed fan. So you said we should go back to him, and he is not in the Hall of Fame. All right, well, I, I am a big Willis Reed fan, and he's a winner. Uh, he's not – I'm going to save – there's other people I'd, like, rather spend my energy fighting for more than Willis Reed. But let's be respectful to – to, He won Rookie of the Year and MVP in the same year, I think. Or was that Walt Bellamy? No, yeah, in – Oh, no, no, no. Sorry. Yeah. He was the 1970 NBA MVP. No, I don't know, man. I think, I think he's in, like, I can't give you a great case. Oh, you think he should be in? Yeah. Okay. Two-time I, NBA champ. He did have like a long, consistent career, which I respect. And unlike all the other big men from that era, he actually shot over 40%. Yeah. But like, is he really to the level of the other guys we have on this list? I mean, does he deserve it that much? I think so. I think he was like a top five big man of his era. I'm yeah. with Will Hugh. I think his resume kind of speaks for itself. You think he should be in? I think he should be in. Tiebreaker. All right. Yes, fair enough. Sir. Fair enough. Uh, okay. This one was a controversial one because uh, everyone loves this guy, Pete Maravich. You're a no. Uh, I need to look here because um, it is one of those where you say it and it's almost like, wait a second. Pete Maravich isn't in? Um, no, he's not in. Absolutely not. It's a hot take. I think, he's, I think he is kind of overrated. I think it's also one of those things where I feel like so many people like in basketball coaches and all spoke so highly of him. So like the narrative on of him is he's so amazing. You know what I'm saying? Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let Joe do the tiebreaker here. I mean, I think pistol, like just looking offensively at his scoring numbers, like it's, I don't see where you can make the argument that he isn't in. Yeah, like, we'll, yeah we'll sure. He, he doesn't have an NBA title. Um, his career wasn't super long, like ten year career. Um, but I feel like he was productive, like in the games, like with like in the seasons he played. He averaged twenty four a game for his career without a three pointer. Right. Oh, exactly. <laughs> This was all before. And you know he would be able to shoot three-pointers. Yeah. He shot 66%. for Like, he didn't take a ton of threes, but he shot 66%. Yeah, in 77 with the Jazz, he won the scoring title averaging 31 a game without a three-point line. Yeah, I think he's in. Yeah, this guy's in. Will, any any closing remarks to try to fight your case? No, I I lost, I guess. (laughs) I think the big thing to me is he didn't have a three-point line. He was doing that. And he's a guy who would have heavily benefited from a three-point line as far as his scoring numbers. But next guy is Wes Unseld. That's – okay, I'm a no on Wes Unseld. And when I said he – when I was talking about Willis Reed, I mixed up him and Wes Unseld. Um, not, like, in my head. 
but just like the one award because West Ham sold one rookie of the year and MVP in the same season for having 13 and 18. And then he just wasn't that good ever. Yeah, it was unsolved to know for me. Hall very good for sure. Yeah. Um, and I, also, Hall is very good. Not, um, not a Hall of Famer. He's a guy I would have wanted more from. For like all like, because he was consistently playing and everything, and he would have a lot of minutes per game, but the numbers didn't seem to match how long he was playing. Yeah. Because yeah, if mean, you're if you're playing every game, averaging 40 minutes and you're getting 16.7 rebounds, like that's good. But it's almost like I would think you would get more for the type of player he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it is impressive that like he wasn't an incredibly big guy. Like he was only six, seven and he was yeah. playing down low with guys like, I don't know, guys the size of like Kareem and like uh, Will Chamberlain and like those cats. And I think that's impressive. Like I think, Again, Hall is very good, um, but no, like, even though he is a champion, I don't think, like, his impact during those championship seasons, especially from an offensive perspective, was very minimal. Yeah, agreed. So, Will, any closing thoughts? I mean, if he's in, Ben Wallace has got to be in, so that's all I'll say. Should we do, at the end, we'll do this upcoming Hall of Fame class. Just, just to be like, just to confirm that those guys are in or not in or whatever. Um, okay, next up, Elvin Hayes. Well, I say no. Got to put the foot down at some point. It, it is a tough no. He's not. Hmm. How many All-Stars is that? He was a 12-time All-Star. Won a championship in 78. He played a ton of minutes. <laughs> yeah, if you go back and look at, even in, like, the early 2000s, like, Allen Iverson was playing, like, 44 minutes a game. It's just like, what? Yeah, and it's also crazy because he was a different type of 40 minutes a game. Like, like as great as, you know, Elvin Hayes playing 45 to 40, right, per season. It's a different type compared to Allen Iverson playing yeah, 40 Allen minutes. Allen Iverson also played in the 2000s, like the hardest era of defense ever. And was the sole scorer for the team. <laughs> uh, I don't see how you can keep Elvin Hayes out of the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Will, make your, make your case why he shouldn't be. I think he played in a weak era. His, his, play, his playoff stats aren't crazy. Uh, I think he's a one-time champion. I mean, he's better than, like, Wes Unseld. But Amazing. I don't know, man. I, I'm just – the whole thing is, okay, how can I put Elvin Hayes next to Moses, Malone, and Kareem? Well, you have Willis Reed there. <laughs> I think, yeah, Willis Reed was probably – like it's you get like, what I'm saying? Like you, you can't like just statistically, you can't say Willis Reed was a better player than Elvin Hayes. Just, it, no, it but matter. I'm saying Willis Reed was a better player for his time period. Like he was, because his comps are Wilt Chamberlain and Bill Russell, right? And like Willis Reed did a lot of the stuff Bill Russell did. You he, he put up comparable numbers. Like you can't compare Elvin Hayes to Kareem. Yeah, but you can't do that with Willis Reed either. 
you, I can easily compare Willis Reed to Bill Russell. No, but you can't do it with Kareem. Yeah, I mean, you can't really compare many people to Kareem still. Yeah, so I'm saying that's an unfair. Right, you reason. know, I'll I'll gladly say yeah. no to Willis Reed. I'll, I'll be I don't want to be a hypocrite. I, well, I, no, like if you you can, you need to make a point. You need to make a stand. Is what I'm saying. Okay, I don't. When I think I'm looking at Elvin Hayes, and I'm not seeing a Hall of Famer. But I don't know how you're seeing Willis Reed as a Hall of Famer if you don't see Elvin Hayes as one. That's why I'm saying I'll, I'll say no to Willis Reed. Now. So you're <laughs> saying no to Willis Reed? Now. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't want to be a hypocrite. Okay, okay, I'll delete him. Just, just statistically comparing Kareem to Elvin Hayes, I have the comparison up right now. Elvin Hayes actually averaged more rebounds per game throughout his career than Kareem. Yeah, but that's because Kareem played for like he, he played 19 years, yeah. years after his prime. Yeah, and like Kareem's top five all time. That's undisputable. Yeah, so what – okay. What if we uh, take away uh, Kareem's last – like we make him have the same amount of years. Yeah. What are the what are the numbers looking like? How many years did uh, Elvin Hayes play? Fifteen. Um, let me see. He played fifteen seasons from sixty nine to eighty four. Fifteen okay. seasons and like so Kareem fell average. off, but like I would say his last two weren't great for Kareem, Elvin Hayes. For the first fifteen years of Kareem's career, he averaged twenty seven, thirteen, four, and three. In a, 27, in a, 13, 4, and three. Hayes averaged 21, 12 and a half and 1.8. Yeah. And some and the last five years of that, 79, 80 is when I say that basketball started. So like the last five years of Kareem was way the competition was way better. So you don't think basketball started until the invention of the three-point line? No, I don't think basketball started until Larry Bird and Magic Johnson. So so I would say your argument is you're you're putting him up against Kareem, it seems like. And you're saying when basketball started, Kareem's numbers are a lot better than Elvin Hayes. Well, his numbers, his numbers are slightly better, but in a way tougher era. They, they played like very they similar played the years. Same era. They played the you're same like, era. Elvin Hayes was drafted the year before Kareem. I know, but I'm saying Kareem's like take Kareem's five or six years, like of from 79 to whatever, when he was already kind of declining. And that's still more impressive than Elvin peak Elvin Hayes. Also, I feel like if you're saying basketball doesn't start until 79 for you, you're discounting basically the first 10 years of Kareem's career. I do. Where he was far and away the best player in the league. I agree. But Wait, you're saying those first 10 awful. years don't count. <laughs> what? No, I'm saying I, you guys said. Wait, happened? we should just get rid of Bill Russell, honestly. <laughs> No, there, there's, there's like ten before 1980. There's like ten people who deserve to be in the Hall of Fame, like. And we did put them on. Like we, yeah, we, we, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. We literally have eight people before 1989, I guess, with Kareem. Look, I'm gonna be honest with you. Me doing this whole comparing to Kareem stuff is just making me more impressed with Elvin Hayes. Oh my God, just <laughs> and have him more him. respect for him. So I, I have him in. You don't, Joe. You're the tiebreaker. He's in. He's in. He has to be in. He's in. Fuck you, Will. (laughs) (laughs) Willis Reed's out. This has been fantastic. All right. I don't know why we started this guy, Will. Do you see the guy I'm looking at? Will, take take a look at who uh, who I'm looking at. Um, Sergio Bellov. 
we said we were gonna like watch tapes of all these international. Oh, and players. we definitely didn't. And we didn't. All right, so he's a no. Uh, yeah, he played for the Soviet Union. Looks like he's his nickname is the Jerry West of Russia. <laughs> that, that's that's in the Basketball Hall of Fame. It says I got, the Jerry West of Russia. You know, I I gotta call him Jerry East. <laughs> Um, I feel bad for him because we're just claiming ignorance, essentially, when we said we would go back <laughs> to our homework. Uh, but he's not in for me simply because I don't really know. Um, Will? No. No. Yeah, I can't yeah. tell you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I can't tell you. Drazen Petrovic. I'm a no, but I love him. Yeah. I feel like because he passed away, he just doesn't have like the career longevity. That's the issue. Like, That's tough though. Like because Our, like those like his last two years with New Jersey, he like really started coming into his own as an offensive player, and then he passed. And I feel like it's very much like a what could have been situation with him. Yeah, it. I feel like it's. I think he would have been better than Reggie Lewis, but Reggie Lewis is also like a what if, yeah. you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's tough to put him at no because I think we know if he was alive, he'd be in. Oh, yeah, but he, we all know. Um, so I guess we won't have him in. Yeah. I mean, it's tough though. Like looking at his last two years with the Nets, he was shooting 44% from the three point line. <laughs> I know. In 92 and 93, when most people couldn't even hit 30% of their shots from three. Yeah. And he was also shooting above 50% from two. Right. Yeah, he, he was, was almost, just a bucket. He was almost having a 50-40-90 season in 93. Like, he was 20 years ahead of his time. Yeah. But that like, is crazy. Yeah. Um, but I so, can just, like, based upon longevity, I don't think I – Based on what he has now, we can't say it, but we know he would have been. Exactly. Yes. Next up, uh, I'm going to claim ignorance again. Was it Dino – then again, can we just can we just say no to all the international guys we have starred? <laughs> all right, yeah. We're just, uh, do we have any more? I don't even think we have any more. No, we do. <laughs> Nico Scalis. All right, that's it. We didn't we didn't star that many guys. All right. Um, next up, Joe Dumars. Uh, I think it's a yes for me, personally. I mean, the reason we haven't started is because I was a no. Yeah, I know. Uh, so it's up to Joe. So I think, like, he's... So I can, I can tell you, like, the main reason I thought he should was because he was such a good defender. Yeah. Like, that's, like, the main reason I think he should. Because, like, he did win. And no, he wasn't filling up the stat sheet obviously but he was like a good enough number two offensively but the defense is what set him apart in my opinion i agree five time all defensive team or first team um he, he was, was a tony allen who could score i mean right, exactly <laughs> yeah like he was like he was so key to those like bad boy pistons teams yeah like i feel like he was like the lead, like i feel like 
Dumars in terms of like personalities on because the, they had so many personalities on the team. Like they had IT, they had Lane Beer, Rodman. Um, yeah, they had a bunch of goons on that team. Rodman, yeah. Um, and I feel like he, Dumars is like very soft spoken, but I feel like in terms of like defense, I think his presence on defense, especially on the perimeter, because like you know that they had everything down low, locked down. Yeah. But I think his defensive presence on the perimeter is what that's like set them apart as a team. Yeah, and I mean, I they definitely don't stand a chance against that Bulls team without him. One hundred percent, because he's guarding Jordan. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He was he was the one who I feel like had to take on the tougher guy, so Isaiah could do what he did. Right. Yeah. So I, it's a yes for me. Like I think you don't get those two championships in Detroit without him. Stay mad, Will. Stay mad. <laughs> Will, go off. Tell us how you're feeling. Uh, this whole I was really proud at how <laughs> at how small our Hall of Fame was, but it's growing immensely. It's really not growing that much. This next guy I put on here as a star for respect. He's not in. It's Dennis Johnson. <laughs> He's not even close. They put him on here for respect because <laughs> his career is better than I think people think. Because people do think like, oh, he was just like the point guard for that of Celtics teams and like a defensive force. But like he actually like at one point was a bucket. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like he had a much diminished offensive role with the Celtics just because they had Bird and McHale and Ainge. Yeah. But like he was clutch. Like, like like yeah, he was clutch, like especially in his like at the end of his time with Seattle and like when he first started playing for Portland, like he was a bucket. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. But like it's a no, like yeah, it's a no. But I can't um, put him in. Love him. This is one I think Will was really mad at me about for even starring, and it's Artist Gilmore. <laughs> um, I think I did it more to piss you off, but I am gonna act like I do think he should make it. Uh, just so we can have a discussion about it. <laughs> Look, I mean, he leads the NBA in uh, in two point percentage, I believe. That's that's pretty crazy, or something like that. Who cares? <laughs> Did DeAndre Jordan lead the league in like percentage for like six years? Yeah, and that's a whole. Who cares? <laughs> he just dunked. Wait, are you telling me DeAndre Jordan isn't a Hall of Famer? That's the crazy thing about the NBA. DeAndre Jordan is going to eventually be a Hall of Famer. That's the crazy thing about the NBA Hall of Fame. Look, he's the NBA career leader in field goal percentage. That's like a major statistical category. I don't know. I'm on the fence. I don't know. Like the first five years of his career were phenomenal. Really yeah, he was he was game. he was unreal. He yeah. was. No, he was good. Some he, may say Hall of Fame worthy. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I I don't think we do put him in. I think I I remember in the episode I made the argument to Will and it really got him mad. So I asterisked it for that. <laughs> um 
But yeah, I mean, he was nearly averaging 20 and 20, like his first four seasons. Yeah. First five, almost. Yeah, that's crazy. And shooting well over 50%. Yeah. Um, as well as being a great defender, but also those first five years were in the ABA. Yeah. I think so, like there's a very clear drop off. Not a yeah, huge drop off, but like there is a little bit of a drop off once the ABA like disbanded and he signed with the Bulls. If if he did all those in the NBA, it's a different story, I think, because yeah. he was also a very good defender. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good defender, uh, good rebounder, like serviceable on offense. Yeah, but Hall of very good for sure. Yeah, hundred percent. He was an ABA MVP, um, and I think he won a championship. Yeah, 1975 ABA champion with the Kentucky Colonels. Oh, the Kentucky Colonels. I'm going to get Will a Kentucky Colonels shirt for his birthday with Gilmore on the back. (laughs) You will love that. Yeah. Uh, Next guy, I think Will said yes and I said no, and it's Reggie Miller. Um, I did say yes. I think his impact is way beyond the numbers, but he also has so many career achievements. And he has so many big shots. I can't say no to Reggie Miller. I I mean, I feel like you being like he has so many big shots and this and that, that's like a history thing. To look look and be like, oh, this was a big shot. Like, he didn't even win a title with any of those big shots. Dude. He he was close a few times. He He was close, but. He played, his prime coincided with not only Michael Jordan, but the Shaq and Kobe Lakers and Tim Duncan Spurs. How the hell is anyone supposed to win a title when for the first like 10 years- A Hall of Fame player would. No, no. Charles Barkley is like the third greatest power forward ever and he never won a title. I mean, look, you you guys said yes, so. He was the heart and soul of that Pacers team. He was. He was. And like, like they got their toughest and they got their energy from him. Like, they didn't have, like, I think I admire those 90s, like, early 2000s Pacer teams because they didn't have anybody who was, like, a standout player. Like, they had good players, like Reggie Miller, like, um, Jalen Rose, right? Like, good players, but nobody who was, like, gonna, like, no one who I would consider, like, top 20 of all time. Right. And they were still able to take Jordan's Bulls to game seven in 98. Now I wanna I wanna ask this to Will. Um, do you respect Reggie Miller's career more than Joe Dumars? Uh, I think Dumars had a better career because he won more. He was on a better team, but I think Reggie Miller is a better. Like, no, he obviously had a better career. I'm saying, do you respect Reggie Miller's more? That's that's. I don't because because I, 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 I feel like I feel like that's what you're getting at when you were saying. Like he hit all his big shots. I don't know he if tried, I he tried his best to win, but he didn't. He was sort the, of. he was the best player on multiple Eastern Conference Finals slash Finals losing teams, and Joe Dumars was never the best player on his own team. Yeah. So I guess yeah, I probably respect Reggie Miller a little more. I think Reggie Miller's hilarious. That's nothing to do with basketball. No, yeah, but I'm saying he's an all-time trash. All right, Anthony Edwards is in the Hall of Fame. I'm putting him on there. (laughs) He probably will one day. I I hope he does because that Hall of Fame speech will be legendary. He'll be like, I knew I was A1 from day one. All right, the final guy is Grant Hill. 
I thought we have a few guys that we didn't mention that are starred on my list. Uh, Chris Mullen. Um, I, I remember Chris Mullen. We were just like, no. Bill Walton. We never starred Bill Walton because I think you thought you thought I would be all, oh, Bill Walton because of oh, yeah, like, you're right. you're the right. Celtics stuff. And I was like, no, he doesn't deserve it. Yeah. And then um, Chris Mullen, we starred, and then we talked about it a little bit, and I was like, let's be honest, he's not going to be in. So I think I'm a yes for Grant Hill. I think I was a no just because, like, I find it difficult to be like, well, if the injury didn't happen, he's in. I just thought, I just think that's kind of a, a difficult thing because I think a lot of people – would say that they'd say if he didn't get hurt he would be in which even if that's true it doesn't matter he got hurt <laughs> right ah, shit this one's tough up to Joe. it is it is definitely it a tough is really one tough because like i think i think the like personally like if grant hill doesn't get hurt once he goes to orlando i think he's probably like a top 15 top 20 player of all time like he was on the fast track so like being like put in that same conversation in the two thousands of like Michael or not excuse me, of like Kobe, Tim Duncan, KG, like he was like well on his way to like being considered that caliber player. And he was considered that caliber player yeah. for the first five or so years of his career. Um, but I think I just have to say no. Cause my thought is this, when you look at Grant Hill, you're only, you can only really talk about his years in Detroit which yeah, as amazing as they are is uh, six years. Right. Right. Cause then first year in Orlando, he played four games. Then he played 14, then he played 29, then he missed a season. Okay. So those four years were not counting. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, do you want to go like, Oh, he was a really good role player for Phoenix. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Is that going to sway me one way or another? No one's saying Shaq is, in the hall of fame. Cause even after he was a stud, he had, he was a great role player or something. You right. know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like no one's talking about his years with Phoenix or Cleveland or Boston. Yeah. Cause if we're talking about like, you know, great role players, I mean, then, then that's a, that opens up a whole new thing. Like Iguodala is in the hall of fame, which I saw yesterday, someone commented Cause it was like, this is the first finals without Iguodala since 2014. And someone commented hall of fame or easy. And I was just like, wait, <laughs> I loved him in Philly, but like <laughs> after that. Yeah. He's been a role player ever since. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, like right. I'm looking at, there's a clear drop off in production from Grant Hill since 99, 2000. And yeah, and it is all because of the injury. I'm not going to yeah, deny it. It's all injury. Yeah, but um, and it and it does suck because, like you said, he might be top twenty, top fifteen all time yeah. if he kept going. Mm -hmm. like, I think um, had he stayed healthy in Orlando, I think he and Tracy McGrady could have been a real threat in the East. That would have been scary. Yeah, not real scary. And, and then that that would have changed everything because then Tracy McGrady's seen as someone completely different in the Hall of Fame. Right. You know, because he had injury issues too, but he was also – he never won a playoff series, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. But yeah, he, 
<laughs> with his third like 13 points in 33 seconds alone should be in honestly <laughs> <laughs> like yeah no doubt um, um i think also they probably the, i don't know if the magic still draft dwight howard if they have a healthy grant hill probably not it's my true. guess true uh, th- that's a what if right there yeah what if with grant hill so now I think we can, since that's all the asterisks, guys, just to finish this off, let's go over the class of 2021, which was released April 15th. So about a month and a half ago. Uh, okay, first guy is Chris Bosch. Mm. I don't know, what are we thinking? I think it's tough just because he played two things. One, when he was playing in Miami, he was the third guy, right? And you do have to look at that. And it's almost like, do you appreciate that more? Like the numbers he had and everything like that? Or are you like, well, that hurts him, right? And also he had the blood clot thing, I believe. Yeah. um, That diminished his career. Yeah. But so, I think I would say he is in. I'm putting him in. Will? Will with the head nod. Fantastic. I think, like, yeah, like, his production was, like, kind of not minimal because he was, like, even though he was the third offense on option or on their offense, like, he was still so key to every, like, to everything. Yeah. He was key down low. Like, Chris Bosh corner threes were – like he lived in the corner. Yeah, um, he was very efficient for them. Right. I, I I respect the hell out of him for that because it's tough to be as good a player as he was and to be like, it's all right. I'll take the step back. I'll yeah. do the stuff you guys don't want to do that I have to do or whatever. Hundred percent. And I think like had he not had the blood clot issues, he still might be playing today because he was only thirty when he retired. Yeah, he he definitely would, and he would be. He would be like uh, LaMarcus Aldridge almost, I feel like, in his play style where he was towards the end, where there were times you could just give him the ball and he'd score. Right. But he'd also be useful wherever he went because he could shoot. Because I think he would have made that jumper even better. Yeah. Because he was starting to shoot like mid to high 30s from three. Yeah. His – let me see. Yeah, his last two seasons before – so – his last two seasons before he retired were actually some of his most productive on offense. Like he was averaging about twenty a game. I mean, that like, was when LeBron. That was when LeBron left, left, right? Yeah. So that's when he had his real rollback, if right. you will. Yeah. And that's sort of almost going out of his prime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I and mean, he was still good for like twenty and seven. Yeah. And like you said, with the three point shot. Those last two seasons, he shot 37 and 36% from three, respectively. Yeah. It's very good. Yeah. He's in for me. He's in. Yeah. Next, Paul Pierce. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know if Will was going to pull something. <laughs> if he was, I knew it was going to be to piss me off. But – Next, this one, easiest Hall of Fame yes I've ever said, Ben Wallace. <laughs> easiest one. 
I mean, Ben Wallace is one of my favorite players of all time, but there's no way he's a Hall of Famer. But I think what? the 04, the, I think the 04 Pistons should be a Hall of Fame team. That's crazy to me. When he, dude, you remember when they announced that he was going to make it? I literally texted you. I was like, I'm very happy about this. Yeah. So why are you now not putting him in our Hall of Fame? Just put him in. Like I, I, I want. You know, I don't care that. No, much. no, I, I want it. Like, because if you look at the numbers, no shit, he isn't in. Right? <laughs> you just got to look at it as he was so much smaller than every single center he played against, and he locked them up. It didn't matter who it was. He locked them up. Every center was afraid to play against Ben Wallace. Yeah. I'm afraid to look at him. And Christ, he oh, locked Christ. up Shaq in the finals. Yeah. Like, 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 don't even look at the numbers with him. You can't. Just watch a game I mean, and you, you understand. The defensive numbers, it's a different story. Like, yeah. Off, like, take offense out of the equation. If you're looking at the defensive number, if, if you're looking at his rebounds per game, like, he's 6'9", and in 03, he averaged 15 rebounds a game. It's insane. Pistons don't even get to the finals without him that year. Yeah. And I know it's like you're putting a lot of stock in one year, but like what he did was incredible for that team. And it was also nice to see it was like the bad boy Pistons are back in yeah. a sense. It was also good to see a team that had no like legitimate superstar win a championship. They had five like really that, good. That's players. that's one of my favorite teams of all time. Yeah. Phillips, Hamilton, Prince. Him, Rashid Wallace, Rashid Wallace, <laughs> what a guy! Uh, I'm I'm putting him in. I I could have gotten vote outvoted two to one. I would have put him in. Uh, Chris Weber. We all we all know the timeout. I I say Hall of very good. Oof. I think he's in for me. I think he's in. I think his numbers are pretty crazy. His numbers are good. And like, it's kind of the same argument as Reggie Miller, where I think the Kings definitely would have gotten like made a finals appearance if they didn't play in the same conference as like the Shaq and Kobe Lakers. Yeah. That's a, that's a good point there. Yeah. What are you saying about that one, Will? Like that team was really, and he was far and away the best player on the team. I'm all right with Chris Weber being in. Yeah. We'll do the beer on like five minutes if you want to do that. Uh, my brother just walked in. and He's a big Ben Wallace fan. I want you to quickly talk about him. Because we put him in our own Hall of Fame. I want to see what you had to say about Ben Wallace. What, what about it? Well, well, I know you love Ben Wallace, just like I do. Are we on Are we on a podcast? What yeah, we're on a podcast. We're live right now. Ah, I'm just putting you on the spot. Awesome. Okay, so Ben Wallace is one of the most impactful defensive <laughs> players of all time. I don't even think it's arguable. He probably has one of the greatest defensive peaks of all time. Yeah, he does. Um, it's kind of hard to like transition his game over to like the way the current game is played, obviously because of how the game has spread out, but obviously his impact and his error is like unquestionably high. Um, pretty much on that aspect, you probably have to put him in the hall of fame or like at least acknowledge him as a great defensive player. 
I don't know what, how you start the conversation if you're trying to compare him across eras, but like within his era, like he is unquestionably like so good. I don't know how he's like gone unacknowledged for so long. <laughs> I also think even like now though, he would still be as good a defender. Like I think he would absolutely body Jokic. Well, if you I don't know to, if Jokic scores, dude. If you were to start the conversation, I think that he has a lot of strength because obviously even in his era, he was undersized and played larger than his size. And he was good on his feet. So I think he would have good switchability. But I think it's hard because, you know, obviously he was an incredible interior defender and wasn't exactly challenged that much. Just by his foot speed and his size alone, I think he'd probably be the sort of defensive player that you'd want. Just he would have no chance in any sort of offense currently, yeah. which would be the thing. He, would, he wouldn't even be 3 and D. He would just be D. <laughs> like, he would just unquestionably be like, okay, we're playing four-man on offense, but, like, <laughs> defense, we got it. <laughs> I feel like he would just be a better Tristan Thompson. I think that's giving too much credit to Tristan Thompson, <laughs> to be honest. I, uh, I don't know how you can even put them on the same sort of level. Like, are you talking like finals Tristan Thompson? Like, like finals MVP candidate Tristan Thompson? No, like, like this year Tristan Thompson. That's just, that's just a slight at Ben Wallace. I don't know why we have this discussion. All right, I'm sorry. But uh, thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah, you know, uh, it's been, it's great to be on. <laughs> it's great to be invited on the Chad, we'll, we'll have a long you. time coming. We'll, we'll, yeah, first appearance, we'll have you on. All right, I'll call, I'll call in later. Yeah, all right. Um, that was my brother. When was Tristan Thompson ever a finals MVP? <laughs> I don't know. He has, he has a career average of nine and nine in the finals. I, look, I just, I just let him have it, you know. Because um, wasn't there that one finals where Curry out-rebounded him? Probably. Yeah. I think that I did happen. Uh, but let him have it. Okay, so back to Chris Webber. <laughs> um, see, I'm trying to look at him as like an NBA player, but I just keep thinking of the timeout, you know, uh, with the Fab Five. <sighs> Will, what's your argument against it? I, I, he's hollow very good to me. And his peak was good. Like, really good. One of the best bigs in the league. Um, career averages is 21 and 10, but he's a little inefficient. Uh, my favorite Chris Weber story is uh, he has the second most shots ever attempted in an NBA game. Like, ever. <laughs> How many was it? 47. Jesus, <laughs> my God. The, on, the only person who took more was Kobe when he, on his last game. Yeah, oh, wow. You're telling well, me he, he took more shots than when Kobe scored 81? Yeah. Chris Webber had 51 points on 47 shots. One thing I don't like about Chris Webber's career is the lack of games. Yeah. There's a lot of seasons where man just didn't play. <laughs> or he might as well have not played. Um, so Because Chris- to me, I feel like it's a little similar – to Grant Hill, and he had his years in Sacramento that were really good. 
And then after that, it was sort of like, so he had one good year in Philly. I, uh, I truly think that this box score is like one of my favorite ever. Chris Weber put up 51 and 26 and five. And he shot 47 shots, but he shot over 50%. And then he only took six foul shots. I mean, he played, he played 50 minutes. Hey, that's pretty good. That's good, yeah. All right. The way I see it with Chris Weber, he was the best player on a team that was one win away from a championship. And that was the whole Robert Horry shot in 2002. And there was controversy over whether or not he got that off. But regardless, I think his impact on the Kings shouldn't go unnoticed. What I'm what I'm hearing is if we have Reggie Miller in, if we, exactly. we kind of have to have Chris Weber in. Right. You can't have one without the other. I think their careers are very comparable. I, I think that is a very good point. Yeah. That's a very good point. Joe making a big impact on this show. <laughs> All right. Uh, I would I would say that's it. Right? Unless you guys want to like predict out of current players who makes it. I, I think LeBron might. Yeah, high you know, possibility. <laughs> I mean, we can do that or we can not, or we could do that for another episode. Doesn't matter. And we okay, can just I, like ramble about our thoughts on the playoffs. It's up to you guys. Yeah, uh, I'm down to do that for another for another episode. Yeah. All right, we'll do we'll do like predicting current NBA players, um, and draft picks. <laughs> uh, so do you guys want to end it, or do you want to like talk a little bit about the NBA playoffs? Just some thoughts, because this is a little short. Um, it's up to Jason you guys. Tatum's playing out of his mind. I feel bad for him. Yeah, like Celtics just don't have the horse to compete this year. Like I think with Jalen Brown, this would be more of a series. Obviously, no well, last, last game really pissed me off because. So you win game three, right? And it's two one. If there's a time where you had like could somehow turn the series around, it was game four, right? You're at home, everything. And they sit Kemba because his knee is sore. Like he's getting paid a lot of freaking money. And if he's not playing, we have no chance of winning. I, I just feel like at that point, you just sit all of them. Right. I feel like you're throwing in the towel there. But I also think because they have that money invested in him, they don't want him to potentially screw his knee up. His knee's so already they, screwed. Say, say they try to trade him or say, like, we just have to eat the contract, right? They don't want to have that money on the books with somebody who's not going to play. So I feel like – I mean, it's sad because they, essentially they are throwing in the towel on the season. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, like, his knee is already screwed up. Yeah. When you when you do stem cell, that's, like – like that surgery for him was like the last step. Like, let's try to get him to walk. And he's like, nah, I'm going to play basketball on it. <laughs> in my mind. Right? right. I feel like it's almost similar to Edelman where it's just like, yes, you're better than like a lot of wide receivers, but at this point, just retire, man. It's right. just not worth it. You keep getting hurt. It's just tough to watch right now, especially me. We're like Kemba's what got me into basketball. He's one of my favorite players of all time. Mm-hmm. It just sucks seeing him because you know that's not him. Right. But it's the best he can do with what he has. Uh, yeah. 
No, it's tough. And what? it's like kind of wild because to see that drop off. Because last year I thought Kemba was playing at like an all star caliber level, and he was. I feel like, yeah, and I think his knee was messed up that playoffs. Right. And he yeah. just said, "Screw it, I'm going to play on it," and then he fucked it even more. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, you can say like, "Oh, the future, this and that," but it's also like. The knee, I would say, is on a timetable, right? Mm. I, I would say. But if you were to, like, use that knee and diminish its – like, make it age more and get worse, it's for a playoff game. Like, I thought it might have been better to just be like, okay, you play this. If we win game four, we're in it. If we lose, you're done. I don't know. It just seemed weird to me because it was like you play them in game three, you win – and now it's like, okay, there's some momentum. You have the second game at home. It's going to be crazy. Full crowd. You kind of have – you don't have them on the ropes. Everyone knows the Nets are winning. <laughs> but it, it was more just like that was your chance to even up the series and maybe make something of it. Mm-hmm. And they elected not to. <laughs> right. Yeah, I don't understand that. I mean, but, I, I think they're also afraid of – what happened with it happening again, but even the sellers didn't even like face the repercussions of that because he was in the Kyrie trade. Yeah. So also, can we talk about that? (laughs) The Kyrie thing? Oh yeah. Like, look, a fan should never like throw something at a player. That's wrong. Right. Yes. I don't like this whole, he's the victim thing though. And I know it's like such a dumb thing to be like, Oh, he stomped on the logo. Right. Like, he deserved it. But it's like, you do that, it's literally like an F you to, like, all of Boston. Right. It is. No, and, like, literally every single former Celtics player has come out and been like, that's wrong. That's literally saying, like, F you to me. Like, I played there. I love it there. You know, Glenn Davis did it. KG did it. So it was like, he had it coming. But obviously, no, you, you shouldn't do what that guy did. But I also hated the fact that he said it was just on racism after. Right. Like, you just really love this thing of calling Boston racist, mm-hmm. which, like, obviously there's people who are, but I think you can say that about every single town. Right. And I feel like, I mean, it's tough with Boston because, like, it's not like a New York or a Chicago or Atlanta where it's, like, a really ethnically diverse city. Yeah. Like, it, it still is very much, like, majority white. And I think – like there are problems that still stem from that, but at the same time, like I feel like I don't know. It's tough for me to comment. Like you don't know whether that act was like racially motivated. Like you don't know if that kid was just hammered and he just decided it would be funny to throw his water bottle at Kyrie, or like if he, yeah. you can't assume that because you don't know. I would bet a lot of money that it was just fuck Kyrie, and that's yeah. why he did it. Like 100%. that's. I went to a Red Sox game on Saturday and there were fuck Kyrie chants. Yeah. No, I was so I was supposed to go to the game Sunday and we were at the stadium and then they called it off. Yeah. And as we were leaving Fenway, there were fuck Kyrie chants. Yeah, like he is the villain in Boston. Like I hope he has security. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> but enough of that series, that's basically done. The Bucks swept. That one surprised me. Bucks are dangerous. I've been telling Will this. The Bucks are dangerous. I think they're winning the East. I, I think they definitely could. I th- I thought they would win, just because it's like, dude, for the Heat to win, 
that's tough. Like you already beat them and shocked them and upset them. You got to do it again. That's tough. I didn't think it would be a sweep. Yeah, I think they're on a mission. I think I feel like they were everybody's heavy favorite to win the East last year, and Miami upset them in five games and nearly swept them. Yep. And I feel like a the Bucks have gotten a lot under the radar this year because like the Nets have commanded so much attention in the Eastern Conference, and Philly also being the number one seed and having this type of season also commands a lot of media attention. And so I think. Giannis kind of relishes and like if we're just talking like storylines I think Giannis is really relishing not being in the spotlight as much he right in the past couple of years because of the MVPs and, yeah I feel like and I think in terms of looking at matchups with the Nets I think defensively they match up really well I think Drew Holiday matches up really well with Kyrie on defense I, I feel like Drew good. Holiday like is a repellent to media he goes on a team and then all of a sudden it's like let's not talk about them <laughs> right because drew holidays on the team yeah, yeah the, the pelicans are good they're like oh like we're not going to give them any attention unless anthony davis does something right yeah uh will any thoughts you've been you've been quiet i love drew holiday i think <laughs> he's so good i think he's him uh both bogdanoviches and a few other players are like the most underrated players in the league I think Drew Holiday is by far the most underrated. Yeah. Because um, I am someone who values defense, like I would say more than the average basketball fan. But he's someone who is a top five defender and can score 20 every single game. You know, and that's like very rare. Um, and hey, I, I just have to respect the Bucks because, you know, they knew they had to change something up. They didn't have a lot of room to change stuff up, but they made it happen. And getting Drew Holiday has uh, changed their team tremendously, to say the least. I think if they get by Brooklyn, they win the East. I think they would. I think they beat Brooklyn. Yeah. I people say Brooklyn's going to win. I just don't think. Look, if the Celtics with that team could beat them, <laughs> simply by Tatum scoring fifty, I think. They're not unstoppable. I think the Nets have a lot of flaws on defense that nobody talks about. They have so many. Yeah. They're coached by Steve Nash. Right. I love Steve Nash, but that's their coach. They have no defense. They don't. Like, you're telling me you're relying on Kyrie and Harden as your primary perimeter defenders? Yeah. And Durant's practically the center. Right. Let's put a 200-pound center in there. Yeah, have Giannis post him up, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I just think you can slow down the Nets. The Celtics have done it multiple times in the series of Mm -hmm. slowing them down. And, like, the Nets solely have to rely on the big three making shots, right? If one of them's off, ooh, it's not looking too too great, right? And And I think any team can score 140 on the Nets. (laughs) And it's just tough to get more than 140 in 48 minutes. It doesn't matter who's on your team. Yeah. I think the, the Nets' whole strategy is that, okay, like we're just going to like say, say goodbye to all defensive strategies and just try to score more than you and hope that you have a bad day from the field. I would love to be a fly on the wall for Steve Nash's pregame speeches. Like what does he say to these guys? Like does I he even he- have a right to say anything? Wasn't it KD that – no, it was Kyrie that was like, oh, like we don't really have a coach. 
Yeah, he's, he's he was said he's like he's more of an advisor. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, I bet he doesn't say anything. Yeah, like, I would bet like a lot of money that his like pregame speeches are very minimal. Yeah, and I love Steve Nash, but it's like there's nothing he can really do. Right. Like he really can't, especially in the era now where it's so player driven mm-hmm. and things like. What's going to be like, Katie, I need you to rotate there. Like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck you, I don't want to play defense. Like, dude, don't tell me what to do, all right? I, how many rings do you have? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I do agree. I think Bucks will. I think Bucks will make it because I think they have the edge over the Nets. And then I'm guessing they play Philly next. It's Philly or um, – the winner of Knicks Hawks. Okay, so it's Philly. Philly yeah. <laughs> and uh, although that would be – that's going to be a crazy series because Philly's just completely revamped and Doc Rivers is the coach. Yeah. I think that one goes seven, honestly, and it's a pick 'em. 100%. I um, think they're very evenly matched. Yeah. Um, also, unrelated, I think Ben Simmons is the most overrated player in basketball. He, he is – He's been my least favorite for a while. I think Kyrie's edged him out based on his latest antics. But I despise Ben Simmons because, as Will and I have said, he is a 99 overall in everything but shooting, but he continues to work on everything but shooting. Right. When there is just no point <laughs> to work on that stuff. You know it's bad when he is the ball three-point line and his defender is sagging back to the free-throw line. Yeah. Dude, if he shot 33% from three, they're scary. Right. That's not even asking much. What are his free throw percentages this year? I just, it's got to be like, I'd I'll, guess around 50, right? I'll take a look. I will give him credit, though. Something he hasn't usually done is played as hard as he is this year on defense and all the yeah. other stuff of the game, and he has done that. So I will give him props for that. I just think he's, he's shooting 61% from the line. Yeah, that's not good. I just think he's store brand Magic Johnson. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> he, he, he's just a big guy who can handle the ride. I'm like, I'm not like shitting on because like he is a great passer. He has great vision. He's good handles. He's quick. He's athletic. He can blow by you. But I feel like, like you said, like, He's good at everything besides shooting the basketball. He just, and he refuses to improve his shot. His offensive game is strictly fast break. Mm-hmm. If he has the ball on the fast break, he's scary. Yeah. He's like LeBron on the fast break, right? Exactly. But as far as half court set, and that's why I think Steph Curry, Seth Curry, sorry, is the most valuable player on that team. Like, and like, I think even more than Embiid, just because in the sense of Seth Curry is the reason Philly went from such a bust last year to now they're actually scary. Right. Because Seth Curry can create his own shots and is the reason Embiid has space to work. Yeah, he makes the, like, because last year, like, I think one of the biggest problems with Philly is that they couldn't shoot. Just, like, yeah. in general. Like, they struggled to shoot from beyond the arc. And – Having Seth Curry, having Danny Green, like having those guys who you have to respect when they get the ball from three just opens up so much more space for like Embiid and Simmons to work. Yeah. 
and just, uh, Will, what, what are your thoughts on what we just said? <laughs> I love Ben Simmons' slander. <laughs> As I love Joel Embiid, so obviously I don't like Ben Simmons. Yeah. I still yeah. think the Phillies should trade Ben Simmons. I think that would give M- – like, if they were to trade him and pursue guards – that Will told you the hypothetical trade. See, I, I don't know what that hypothetical trade would be. We, we could work the trade machine or something. He, or try he, to figure that out. he suggested Ben Simmons straight up for Bradley Beal. I'd take that in a heartbeat. Like that, he said that is perfect for both teams, and I don't necessarily disagree. I think that's perfect. I think you put Bradley Beal on, on the Sixers, and they might be the best team in basketball. Yeah. Also, if you haven't noticed already, Will likes to come on the podcast, but it, it takes a little bit to get him to talk. <laughs> I'll have to constantly remind him, like, you're a part of this too. <laughs> um, but I think that – I think we, we summed the East up pretty well. Yeah. West. Anything uh, can happen in the West. I would say the two series we need to talk about because – I mean, I think Grizzlies, Jazz, Jazz are going to take it as much as I'm rooting for the Grizzlies. Yeah. I think the Jazz are going to take it, although the Grizzlies could win tonight. I think if John Morant's going to be a problem. That's what I need to say yeah, first. He, he's such a problem. He's like, I feel like I, w- I was talking to Will about this earlier. Really. Like, his athleticism and like his ability to like get to the rim is like already elite, but he's worked out like, have you seen that floater that he's developed this past yeah. year? Like he'll just like pull up from around the elbow and float it. It's beautiful. If he like, could get a mid range, yeah, that then he's really scary because mm-hmm. then he could come off like a pick, and people are worried about the mid range drives. He has a chance for a floater, or a dunk. Like right. right now, it's sort of if he drives you, it's a floater or a layup. You got to guess, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but he's gonna be scary. Yeah, uh, I feel like. He has a lot of Russell Westbrook in him, but I think at this point in his career, he's further along than where Westbrook was. He's going to have a better career than Westbrook. I don't even care if he's not a triple-double machine as far as Westbrook. I just think as far as accolades and things like that, he'll have more. Although that is bold because Westbrook has a ton of MVPs and all-star game and all that. I think – John Morant will have at least one MVP by the time he retires. I, I just think Morant will have more team success. Yeah. But that is me banking on him getting a title, right? Because Westbrook has made the finals. Right, but that was with Katie and Harden. It is, but yeah. yeah, I would say if Morant like made it and he was the best player, it's a little worth a little more than Westbrook's, but I think he needs to win a title to really have a case of having a better career than Westbrook because no one's going to get more triple doubles than he has. No one's going to be averaging triple doubles for years on end. Right. Mm-hmm. That stuff's all crazy. That only I think he'll do at least in my lifetime. <laughs> um, but I don't know. We'll see. He's very fun to watch and I yeah. am enjoying him. But yeah. I think the jazz take that series. Yeah. Um, Suns Lakers. Like, Suns need to win it for me. They need to. I I I want LeBron gone. I want him out of there. Yeah. And I think especially now that Anthony Davis is hurt, we don't really know the timeline with his injury. I think this presents like the perfect opportunity for them to like expose that. He's not 
playing game five, I think. Yeah. And honestly, that is karma for Chris Paul's hamstring in that Western Conference Finals where he just got robbed. And if he was playing, the Rockets would have been in the title that year. I think they would have won the title that year. I think they would have won too. Yeah. But so this Anthony Davis thing, I feel like it's almost full circle. Because I think the Suns need to beat the Lakers and then they could make the finals. Because then I think you have a a much easier matchup in Blazers or Nuggets. And then getting to the Western Conference finals, I think you just got to hope the Clippers aren't there. And if they are, then it's tough. Yeah. Because that's like, geez, you have to beat both LA teams. That sucks. That's brutal. Yeah. Um, Um, Personally, I don't. I think the Nuggets have a shot to get to the finals. I think I would pick them to win the West if Jamal Murray wasn't injured. Oh, I, I would too, but he is. That's that's right. the only reason I'm looking yeah. at it, right? We I feel like they're relying on Austin Rivers to be big time for them. Right. Yeah. Which is so yeah. unfortunate. Yeah, no, they're relying on minutes at the point guard position from Austin Rivers, Monte Morris, and Fagundo Campazzo. Yeah. <laughs> like who are all like respectable players. And like, I think they've all filled their role to the best of their ability. Yeah. But I think when you're looking at that point guard matchup, like you got to have someone like Jamal Murray when you're going up against Chris Paul, who's quite arguably the greatest point guard, like pure, if we're talking like pure point guard, yeah. I feel like Steph is more of a combo guard to me. Like yeah, I think I he saying. does a lot of his best work off ball. I see. What you're I think. Like, I think Chris Paul is, like, the best traditional point guard of this era. I mean, I think – I almost feel like I have a right to talk about the Nuggets like I do because they always have the most entertaining playoff games that go down to the wire. (laughs) So I've seen a lot of them, and I think it's just pretty clear when it came down to crunch time, what set them apart was every single time it's Murray Jokic 1-2, and it didn't matter. You couldn't stop it, Mm -hmm. right? That's why, like – the Blazers multiple times. I feel like the Blazers and Nuggets always play each other in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, remember that? Multi- the, the quadruple overtime. Exactly, that quadruple yeah. overtime. Like, it was literally like the Nuggets couldn't stop them, but the Blazers were just so frustrated at this Jokic-Murray crap that they couldn't stop it. Right. Like, that also has me thinking back to that uh, the Jazz-Nuggets series first round last year yep. when it was just Mitchell and Murray going at each other for seven games. Yeah. Yeah. That was Unreal. That was fun. I'm going Portland takes that, but it could be Nuggets. I'm taking the Nuggets with that. And then I'm having Suns win just because I don't know the status of Davis. And I also just feel like I feel like Chris Paul is just gonna pull it out. Mm -hmm. I feel like he's on a revenge tour in the NBA. He's so mad he doesn't have a title. Like he's gonna do whatever he can to win it. And I think this year is probably his best opportunity. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Will, any thoughts about anything? Dude, I really want Phoenix to win so bad. They deserve it more than any other team in the league. Deserve it because of all the pain and suffering they've gone through prior. (laughs) Yeah, and like Aiton's playing good. Booker's playing good. They've made so many – there's a perfect mix of like perfect trades and acquisitions, but also building up through the draft. Agreed. I and they think, get rewarded with the Lakers. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, that's such an L. Yeah. Um, I think you're kind of, sorry, one more thing. I think DeAndre Aiden's been like the X factor this series. I think he is, 
I feel like there were a lot of people who kind of doubted him because he was the first overall pick. And not that he had disappointed, but I feel like you just never really heard about him. And I think part of that was because he played for Phoenix. And the other thing is Luca and Trey Young were picked after him. Right. Exactly. <laughs> More exciting positions and guys dropping 30 a game. Like right. but, but this series, Aiden, I don't know what his averages are exactly, but I feel like he's been a solid like 20 and 12 every game. Doesn't even matter. He's just the defensive anchor of that team. Right. Um, I saw something. He was like sixth in like forced turnovers per game. And I think second in total turnovers forced or something. Like he's been like elite defensively and no one talks about it. But the final series we haven't talked about is Mavs Clippers. And it pains me to say it, but Clippers are just going to win. You can't, you can't, when you're the underdog and you're up 2-0, you can't let them win both at your home court. The momentum's all on their side. They know they've won the series. It's done. I think game five will be huge. I think if Dallas can go into Staples Center game five and pull out a victory, I think it's theirs. Luka has to score 50 plus. He has to. He does. And he could do it, but I think he, I think that shoulder is really affecting him. And I think, uh, I don't know if he can do it. Yeah. But I'm hoping. After game two, I would have told you that the Mavs were winning in five. Yep. But after those past two games in Dallas, I don't know. But I can't do it. I think Charles Barkley said it perfectly after. If any of you listened after the game, he said something like, I've been in this position where, you know, we're the better team. We're down 2-0, even in a five-game series. And the coach just says it takes one. When you win one, you're going to destroy them because you you shouldn't be in this situation. And they win one and they win the rest. That's it. And I think the Clippers have sort of found that. Um, I also just find it crazy to be like, is Kawhi going to get out in the first round? Like that, come on, that ain't happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Isn't he shooting like 63% from the field this He's year? He's been very efficient. <laughs> also, they have the trump card of just you can put Kawhi on Luka if it gets that bad. Right. And then what's Luka going to do? He, he has to step back three in his face, and that's that's not a easy thing to do. Yeah, Will. It's not really an efficient shot. Will, tell me what you're thinking, dude. <laughs> I, I hate that. One of my favorite players in the league is on, like, probably my least favorite team in the league. Um, also, I was looking at the Clippers roster. Oh, I love Kawhi. I was looking uh, at the Clippers roster, and it's just, like, not that good. Like, not as good as I thought it was. Well, I think part of that is they – didn't they make a trade where they gave up, like, a good amount of assets just to get Rondo here? They yeah, they Lou. traded, like – I know they traded Lou Will – Lou Will, yeah. Um, who really wasn't having much of an impact this season. But I think he was part of what made them like the Clippers. Yeah. And I think they just looked and they're like, the only thing that matters for us is the playoffs. So let's get a position we really need and one of the greatest playoff performers at that position of all time. Right. So they got Rondo and they kind of gave up a lot for him. But I think that was the right move to make. I agree. Um but I don't know if you guys have anything else to talk about, but I'm a, I don't got anything else to say. Yeah, I think I'm good. Just a quick thing. Aiton is averaging 19.8 and 13.5 on 80% shooting. Jeez. It's insane. 
Well, that, that, I mean, I think that's a big weakness with like, yeah, like the Clippers picked up, or not, excuse me, the Lakers picked up Andre Drummond. And I, they got Marcus Gasol and Montrez Harrell in free right, agency. Yeah, no, exactly. No, I feel like they have all those guys down low who are like supposed to make it hard for guys like Aiden to shoot 80% from the field and here he is. <laughs> they just don't help. Yeah. Speaks to Aiden. Yeah. Well, I think we're going to wrap it up there. I had some good talks. Um, Thank you, everyone, for listening. I think we'll definitely have Joe on. Better to have a third guy, and he is very knowledgeable in sports. (laughs) So if he would like, we'll definitely have him on more. Uh, Hope everyone enjoyed, and uh, tune in next time.